Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We're looking ahead with our question of the day. We're looking ahead to week four in the NFL. Tomorrow night, my one and two Eagles visit the three and oh Green Bay Packers. That gets week four rolling. Panthers, of course, at the Texans on Sunday afternoon. Appreciate the Houston Rockets owner, Tillman Fertitta, for dropping by a little bit earlier today. Miles Dorn of UNC is going to be our guest in about 10 minutes or so. David. By the way, DG, yeah. I uh, didn't get to talk to you during the break because Fertitta kept me on the phone afterward. High praise. He said you were one of the best radio interviews he's ever done. And I, I mean, I imagine he does. Well, he's on a book tour right now. Right? <laughs> so I know we're only a stop on an exhausting car wash for that guy. And I know he does a lot of interviews in the business setting as well. So that's appreciate you passing that along. I saw you guys chatting over there. I'm like, does every multi-billionaire just hang with Darren after no, dropping not, by the not David Not every Glenn day. Show? You get to just kind of yuck it up. I mean, it, it, he started on his Kyle Allen tangent. I mean, he clearly would oh, have stuck around he and was talked ready sports to, with us. He was ready to play co-host. <laughs> Want to talk about versatile. He's the star of his own reality TV show as a mega businessman, billion-dollar buyer on CNBC. He was dropping some multi-sport knowledge there for us, and I respect that. Miles Dorn of UNC later this hour. David Cutcliffe of Duke, third hour. Greg McElroy of ESPN on more college football. Quick update on the college football question of the day as we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. I also have some breaking news from the NFL. Which of the underdogs, NC State at Florida State, Duke goes to Virginia Tech Friday night, UVA goes to Notre Dame, a 12-point underdog, the Cavaliers, and yet they are undefeated as they head to one loss Notre Dame. UNC has not gotten any votes yet. The Tar Heels are a 26-point underdog to the number one in the nation, Clemson Tigers. Miles Dorn, UNC defensive star, joins us in about 10 minutes to talk about his personal motto, live, love, inspire, and also talk about that brutal challenge that's await, that awaits Carolina. 4-0 Clemson at 2-2 UNC. It is a multi-university family the Dorns dad played for Mac Brown and the Tar Heels way back in the day now Miles does the same brother Torin Jr. played basketball at NC State we'll talk about football family and live love inspire along with that challenge against the Clemson Tigers with Miles Dorn you can tell us which underdog is going to win and why NC State a five-point underdog at Florida State is getting about half the vote so far Duke and UVA, the Devils a three-point underdog at Virginia Tech. UVA, the 12-point underdog at Notre Dame. Carolina, again, getting no votes so far. Those are your four options. Which of the Vegas underdogs will not only cover but win the game? We're not going to go 0 for 4 in those games, are we? The Seminoles have shown warts and vulnerability, but the Wolfpack hasn't done anything of significance yet. So it's a toss-up, right? Technically, the Pack is the underdog, but... I don't know how you could be certain as an FSU fan or certain as a Wolfpack fan. Oh, yeah, we're the better team. I haven't seen that from either one, which makes it harder to predict and maybe more fun that way. Duke has been good so far, but Virginia Tech would be their biggest win on the road if they can get that done. The Hokies are struggling, by the way. They have not looked good in these last couple of years under Justin Fuente. So it's not like it used to be. Going to Blacksburg and beating Frank Beamer's Hokies, good luck with that most of the time. Until maybe the wheels came off a little bit at the end of the Beamer ball era. Justin Fuente, remember, 
came shot out of a cannon in his first two years with Virginia Tech, winning 19 games and playing for the ACC title one of those two years. Since then, really mediocre football, just run-of-the-mill, middle-of-the-pack, nothing special, not on defense with Bud Foster in his final pre-retirement year, not even on offense where Justin Fuente, remember, is a quarterback's and offensive guru, and none of that Beamer ball stuff left over really either. It has been a weird time for Virginia Tech fans as the Devils try to beat the Hokies at Lane Stadium this Friday night. The bottom line for why um, I think I join all of you, I don't believe the Tar Heels have any chance of beating Clemson. We'll see if they can cover a 26-point spread. The reason that I'm skeptical about UVA, as we welcome your calls, 1-800-849-2761. I picked them to win the Coastal. I still think they will. Along with Wake Forest, they've played the best football from anybody not named Clemson in the entire ACC. But I'm a big believer in peeling the onion to understand a football team, and here's what I mean. It's one thing to say UVA is 4-0. That's the starting point. I think most fans will take the next step and ask, all right, who was it they beat again? Like, of, of course, that's your second question. And the answer is, William and Mary, duh, you're supposed to win by a lot, and you did. Old Dominion, you're supposed to win by double digits. You did, although 28-17, to 17, not quite as dominating as you'd think. The other two were more impressive. It was, quote-unquote, only Willie Taggart, Florida State. But there's still NFL talent all over that offense. You got the Seminoles in Charlottesville, and you beat them, 31-24. So that, that means more to me. It's just Willie Taggart, Florida State, I get it. But that's still a talented team, and you had to defend your home turf, and you did. But it was close, 31-24 Cavs over Seminoles. Peeling the onion a little bit more. Arguably the UVA best win of the season so far was going to Pittsburgh. I know it's only Pitt. They played for the ACC title last year. It's easy to forget. But they did finish with a 7-7 and record. Like, what is more telling they're, they're recruiting on the idea, hey, come to Pitt. We played in the ACC title game. I imagine they're going to slip 7-7 seven and seven somewhere lower on the form. It doesn't, seem, doesn't tend to make the recruiting paraphernalia quite as much. It's the definition of mediocrity, right? Well, UVA had to play Pitt at Pitt. And as we now know, Pitt beat number 15 UCF head-to-head. As we now know, Pitt took Penn State down to the wire. All of a sudden, the season opening 30-14 to 14 win – at Pitt looks more impressive. When you peel the onion even more, though, what you realize is that UVA, while playing the best defense in the ACC, again, by anyone not named Clemson, their offense is not overwhelming. And when I think of UVA trying to go to South Bend and beat the Irish, who played the Bulldogs between the hedges pretty darn tough this past weekend before falling to Kirby Smart and UGA. When I think of the UVA defense, I think they can play with anybody in the country. To truly get up to that status where, yeah, Clemson is 1A in the ACC, to truly get up there, you need to be more of a well-rounded football team. Wake has been brilliant offensively, maybe the best offense, again, not named Clemson in the ACC. UVA has been brilliant defensively. But Bryce Perkins is carrying a heavy load, man. And what's happening is, even when you look at 30-14 to 14 over Pitt, again, peel the onion, you'll understand more. There were three scoring drives that Pitt handed to UVA in that game. 
where it was either turnover on downs or a, a traditional turnover deep in pit territory. So you see 30 and you say, wow, Pitt's a pretty good defense. Really well coached on that side of the ball by Pat Narduzzi. And the Cavs put up 30. Yeah, but a lot of those points were because Pitt kept turning the ball over deep in its own territory so that the UVA offense was just asked to kind of put together a 20-yard drive for a touchdown. That's a little different. It's hard to duplicate that success over and over and over. And, and I believe Notre Dame is a top 10 defense in the entire country. Again, I don't think they're brilliant offensively either. But if you can limit Georgia the way you did, and Brian Kelly has built that program to the point, I know it's not up there with Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia, handful of others. I know it's not. But if you don't think Notre Dame's a top 15 caliber team, most years, you're just a hater, and Notre Dame has a lot of haters. I would never suggest they belong on the same plateau as that top half dozen or so. If you don't think, though, they're on the second plateau, you're not paying attention to what Brian Kelly has been building there. They played for the national championship early in his tenure. They made the college football playoff again more recently. They're not quite a national champion program, but UVA not blocking well. Asking Bryce Perkins to do too much at quarterback as that dual threat against that top 10 defense on the road. When I get my pick of these four underdogs, I'm not taking the heels for the same reasons you're not taking the heels over Clemson. I'm not taking UVA against Notre Dame, but again, I'm not backing an inch off the idea that UVA is as good as anybody else in the ACC, not named Clemson. Duke or NC State, they, to me, are the better bets as an underdog in their cases on the road as well. Duke, a three-point dog at Virginia Tech. NC State, a five-point underdog at Florida State. The Wolfpack continues to get about half of the votes so far in which underdog will win. More on that poll a little bit later with your phone calls. Next hour, two great guests, Duke's David Cutcliffe and ESPN's Greg McElroy. More college football on the other side. Miles Dorn is a fascinating guy. Off the field, he lives by these three words as his motto, live, love, inspire. He's an NFL prospect as a star safety for the Tar Heels. His dad played for Mac Brown at UNC long ago. His brother, Torin Jr., just played basketball and completed his career at NC State. How does the Doran household look when the Wolfpack plays the Tar Heels head-to-head, -head, given those divided loyalties? What did dad say to Miles when he heard that Mac Brown was returning to Chapel Hill a little bit less than a year ago? And what does Miles, as a star defender for Carolina, think of the challenge presented by the number one in the nation, Clemson Tigers? We're going to learn more about live, love, inspire, and talk football, family, and Carolina with Miles Dorn next on the David Glenn Show. You like college football? It's Taj Boyd. Taj, how are you? Welcome I'm to the good. show. I'm good. Dave, man, I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm excited to be here, man. I'm excited for the question that you're going to ask. Mark Richt of Georgia, please stop taking our best high school football players, but otherwise, thank you for the visit. Last thing for Virginia Tech coach Frank Beamer. So do we. The David Glenn Show. Thanks, David. Appreciate it a lot. You got it. David Glenn Show, our next guest is ranked by many one of the top 10 safeties available in next year's NFL draft. He's in his third season as a starter for the North Carolina Tar Heels. He is a senior, 
as number one Clemson brings a 4-0 record to North Carolina on Saturday afternoon. Miles Dorn and his teammates will be on national TV, the 3.30 game on ABC as Dabo Sweeney and the Tigers visit Mac Brown and the Heels. Miles Dorn, son of former NFL and UNC player Torin Dorn and brother of former Wolfpack basketball player Torin Dorn Jr. Miles, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing good. Nice to be here. It's great to have you. How did you handle uh, over these recent years being on the UNC side of a famous rivalry when your brother Torin Jr. was wearing that NC State basketball uniform? Uh, <laughs> I think I was on the better side. You know, the sky's blue for a reason. <laughs> what, what did you do on game day as, uh, I don't know, maybe mom and dad weren't sure who to root for either? Um, it, it, you just kind of wear neutral colors and and play it out, see who wins. Uh, hope my brother does good, and and hopefully Carolina comes out with a win. You've always been about more than football. I read that you live by the words live, love, inspire. How old were you when you came up with that motto, and what do you explain in terms of how and why it's important to you? Um, those words uh, kind of just put, together not too long ago probably about a year ago um when i was hurt and i was down um i lost both my grandparents the past two years and uh a speaker came to come speak to us and they said um if you could pick three words that you could that you live by every day and you can hold on to what would they be and those are the three words that i really thought i lived by throughout the years and those are the three words that i think got me to this point and those are the three words that i really think could could change the world if people just live by those three things and, and and modeled their life after those three words i think that could really make a difference in life um the live part um just going out every day and and living life um knowing that that today it, it could be your last day it may not but live life to the fullest um take advantage of every opportunity given um love 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 is something that 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 is priceless um love everybody like like they're your brother and i think that could change the world as well um it's something that that is missing something that that i think is is missing a lot of people's lives that people need it's something that you need is love and i feel like real genuine people is what is what attracts um just a better quality of life and inspire um one of the highest accents you can do is inspire somebody. Everybody's inspired by somebody. And and if you live in your life to, to inspire and knowing people are looking up to you, you'll never blaze the wrong track, the wrong path. You know somebody's looking up to you. You know that, that um, people are, are looking at your every move. So when you go out in, in day-to-day life and, and when you go about what you do on a day-to-day basis, um, it's kind of easy to – to do the right thing it's easier to to make sure that everything is coming from from your heart and it, you're, you're you're doing it for more than yourself i think once you realize that um life is so much easier and it's so much easier to do the right thing good stuff miles dorn senior safety for the north carolina tar heels joining us on the david glenn show live love inspire and then in Miles' case, you get to beat people up on Saturdays uh, on the football field. Uh, it's the Tigers at the Tar Heels, ABC National Game of the Week, Saturday, 3.30 at Keenan Stadium. 
It's okay if you think this makes me old, Miles, but as a young student reporter, I actually interviewed your dad, Torin Dorn, <laughs> run, running back, D-back for the Tar Heels. Uh, I'm curious, have you had many media members, I'm sure some remember your dad, but have there been many who actually interviewed both father and son? And beyond that, what did he tell you about Mac Brown? Because you know how crazy this story is. I mean, yeah. he not only played for Mac Brown, he played for Mac Brown at UNC roughly 30 years ago. Uh, so how has that story played out? Um, you are the first. <laughs> You're definitely the first. <laughs> And what, but, did he, um, what did he say to expect about this Mac Brown guy once you learned that news uh, last year? Yeah, um, so just going through, like, the whole process of getting a new coach, it's kind of you're sitting and waiting, sitting and waiting, you don't really know what to do. Um, and then he called me one day. He said he heard rumors about Mac Brown coming back, and he heard things. And, and once he heard things, he kind of – a calmness came over him, and it kind of transferred to me. Um, he said, if he comes, you'll be just all right. Um, He's a Hall of Fame coach. He knows what he's doing. He's and the the most important thing, the thing that stuck to me was that he's an honest coach, somebody that that knows the game, somebody that that is not going to lie to you. And I think that's a quality in in coaches that kind of goes away when, when in like the recruiting game and everything. Like kind of stories are being told, smoke and mirrors, all this kind of thing. But with him, it, it's all it, it's in the day. Um, you, you see everything that that's coming, and he doesn't lie to you. So I think that's the the best part coach brown has been very careful not to criticize his predecessor larry fedora uh, and i wouldn't expect you to do that either but i wonder if you can just describe miles in your own words what's different about either the energy in keenan stadium on game day now that the mac is back energy is around i saw that he asked the fans to be in their seats 30 minutes before the miami game and man that place was rocking as you beat the hurricanes earlier this year or what have you even seen from like visiting recruits or anything else about the bigger picture of carolina football where the energy just is different now that Mac is back? Um, I think everybody's bought in. Um, he bought excitement as soon as he came back. Um, he did a great job of, of getting the fans to understand that it is, it is a new day, that that we're, that we're expecting to win now. And, and the fact that we came out there in Charlotte and won, it kind of solidified everything that he said. So I think they're, they're on board, they're with us, and, I think it, it just made a difference in vibe just within the, the, the campus. The campus vibe is different. Um, and I think he did a great job of that. Dabo Sweeney joined us on our statewide show earlier this week. And I think he dropped this into a press conference rather than his conversation with us. But he complimented you. He called you a very good player, very active, experienced, quality guy. Did he recruit you to Clemson? He talked about a couple different Tar Heels that he tried to get to play for the Tigers. Uh, what was your recruiting process like coming out of Charlotte? And were the Tigers on a serious list of yours, or were you always Tar Heels because of your dad? Yeah, um, that's crazy. I, I appreciate that from him. But, um, yeah, he did recruit me out of high school. Um, Coach Pierman recruited me. I don't know if he's still there, but those, those are two guys that are really active. Coach Reedy, the coach was there. Um, I was actually close to, to going to Clemson. Um, it really came down to to Carolina, Clemson, and, and NC State at the end of the day. Because my, bro my brother, yeah. we all, you know, so we were going to go to school together, but um, Carolina had killed NC State that year. So it was like, <laughs> I can't go there. So then it really just came down to, 
Carolina and Clemson. And, I mean, this felt like home, but I – any it at a flip of a coin, it really could have been me in a Clemson jersey. So I think that's, that's really crazy that I get an opportunity to play them. Miles Dorns joining us on the David Glenn Show. It's number one Clemson, last year's national champions, 4-0 to start this year, visiting the Tar Heels, 2-2 two two after winning against South Carolina and Miami, and then coming up just short these last couple weeks against Wake Forest and then App State. There was a play earlier this year where your talented young freshman quarterback, Sam Howell, and I think committed a turnover. And here you are, remember the defense, of course, you got to run onto the field. It looked like you sought out the freshman as a senior, and it just looked from afar like you were trying to make him feel better. Do you even remember that play? And if, if so, uh, what, what has been your role toward younger guys, I guess, on either side of the ball, but in particular, uh, a talented young quarterback who's kind of helped to energize your program as well? Yeah, uh, I remember exactly what play. Um... I saw him, he dropped his head for like a split second. And that's, I just had to go there and tell him, um, it's all right, we'll get the ball back to him. Um, don't hold on to it, let it go. Because we know how talented he is and we know how, how bad a mistake can, can affect the rest of the game if yeah. he lets it get to him. And that's the last thing we needed. We just needed him to go out and play, forget about it. Um, and, and the biggest thing as a player is when you mess up, it's not necessarily that you made a bad play, but it's that you let your team down. And and as a leader of, of the defense, I had to let him know, like, yeah, you let us down, but you're, you're going to make the play to win the game. And and it's going to be all right. We're going to get off the field, and we're going to put your ball back in your hands. And, and when you make the play, it, we're, everybody's going to forget about it. Nobody remembers that turnover that he made. So. We saw you at the ACC kickoff event in Charlotte. And if I remember correctly, you said you and mom had gone to a department store and bought a, an awesome-looking Carolina blue suit. I'm dying yeah. to know. I don't know how often that thing comes out. Have you worn that Carolina blue suit you wore to media day since then? I have not found an opportunity <laughs> to wear the whole I wore pants and a shirt, but I need to, to find a – a great opportunity somewhere I can get the whole get up on. <laughs> another, an, another guy who knows that color well is your D-backs coach, Dre Bly, an yeah. All-American for the Tar Heels, an NFL player like your dad for a long time. Uh, what has he added to, uh, what do you guys call it, the Rude Boys Room? Yeah, um, he's he's brought culture back. And when I say culture, I mean he's the ultimate Rude Boy. If you had, like, a dictionary definition for rude boys a picture of Dre Bly. <laughs> so I think he really brought that back to, to what it means to be a rude boy, what it means to how you carry yourself throughout the day, how you carry yourself on the field, how you carry yourself in the classroom, in the meeting room. He brings that back and I think it's important for for us to see because the culture kind of got lost of Carolina football, what it means. And he brings it back every day. He lets us know that we, we had so many first round draft picks. We had it, and when Mac was here before, what what it meant to be on that defense, um, and and he just brings that back, and he lets us know that that it's no reason that we can't be there if we do what we're supposed to do, put the work in, and and just carry yourself with that type of attitude. As you guys try to shock the world against Clemson on Saturday, is it safe to assume that your brother Torin of Wolfpack fame? Would be, I mean, put aside whatever he does when y'all play the Wolfpack later this year. That's whole. That's yeah. different. But I mean, on Saturday, is Torin Jr. joining mom and dad and rooting for the Tar Heels? 
Yeah, I think he'll put on a Carolina Blue jersey if it came down okay. to it. Yeah, you should see his Instagram story during the game. He's in Poland right now um, playing okay. overseas. So every day he, he's up at 3 in the morning, 2 in the morning. It's crazy times over there, watching the game on his iPad. Very commentating. cool. His commentary is crazy. So, yeah. That's cool. You guys have some cool brotherly love through the intense rivalry that is State Carolina. Last thing for you, you probably know the deal here. I mean, Clemson hasn't lost a football game in forever. When you look at them on video and try to shock the world on Saturday, how do you even describe what makes them so good or what gives you all the best chance to shock the world? Um, what makes them so good is they, they have draft picks everywhere. Yeah, um, yeah so the quarterback is probably going to be the first pick both receivers six five long great catch rate is going to be draft picks um running back going to be a draft pick so hey, they have good players and and they they do what they do very well and at a high level um but we we can't get lost in that is you're a player too and i think that that you, you have to be able to make a play um that's what it comes down to in this game is who's going to make the plays when it's time to be made and any given day uh, uh, you can make that play. Any given day, it changes who makes that play. So I think just going out there and, and, and playing ball and having fun is the biggest part. Doing it for four quarters and not looking at the clock. Playing your hardest, doing doing everything you can do to win. And when, when the smoke clears, look up at the score and, and the team that played the best will win that day. His name is Miles Dorn, senior safety for the Tar Heels. Catch him on Saturday afternoon, either at Keenan Stadium or live nationally, 3.30, the ABC game, number one Clemson, visiting the Tar Heels. And don't forget his message, live, love, inspire. Congratulations on a really good career to this point, Miles. Best wishes on Saturday and the rest of the way. And thank you very much for your time on the David Glenn Show. Oh, yeah, thank you. You got it. Tar Heels at 2-2, two and two, hosting the 4-0 and o Tigers. Heels can certainly make a bowl after their strong start, but they got to get back on the winning track after dropping the last two to Wake Forest and App State. They are one of only two teams in the history of UNC football, the 2019 Tar Heels are, to have gone through their first four games in four single-possession games. Could have won, could have lost any of the four. Beat South Carolina in a close one, beat... Miami in a close one, that one at Keenan Stadium. The Gamecocks, remember, was in Charlotte. And then on the road, they lose a close one to Wake. Back at home, they lose a close one to App State. Doesn't get any easier. Number one, Clemson. Last time the Tigers went to Keenan Stadium was actually because they're in opposite divisions. After realignment, it has been since 2010 since the Tigers visited the Tar Heels in football. Just as a historic footnote, it was Tar Heels over Tigers, 21-16. to Back in 2010, Clemson has never won in Chapel Hill in men's basketball, remember. But that famous streak does not apply to the gridiron. Miles Dorn, senior safety, NFL prospect, all-ACC candidate, a veteran leader for the defensive Tar Heels. Clemson at UNC, Saturday, 3.30 ABC. We're back after this on the David Glenn Show. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in, in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. I, but I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. 
Two guests in the books, two more on the way. Thanks to UNC's star senior safety, Miles Dorn, for dropping by as the mighty Clemson Tigers head to town. That'll be an even more interesting household when the Wolfpack and the Tar Heels get together later, given those details. Tillman Fertitta, the multi-billionaire owner of the Houston Rockets, also dropped by. If you missed it on the front end, make sure you check out. We post every hour of the David Glenn Show every day. One place to find it is our Twitter feed at David Glenn Show. Still to come today, Duke football coach David Cutcliffe. He drops by on life sports football and his Blue Devils. In about 20 minutes or so, Greg McElroy of ESPN will be on the call for Clemson's visit to UNC. We'll talk all things college football with the former national championship quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Your phone calls are welcome in between. We have a college football question of the day. We have an NFL question of the day, and we welcome your phone calls now the canes in the nhl another preseason game tonight justin falk off to the st louis blues a veteran defenseman joel edmondson among the returnees college basketball is front and center with practice underway the kansas scandal in the headlines and the devils the heel heels the pack and the deeks all hoping for a good season with the balls once again bouncing 1-800-849-2761 the nfl question of the day is this does Ron Rivera really deserve to be a top three hot seat coach in the NFL right now? By the end of this year, you all know, if it's not a good year, the details will matter. David Tepper's going to judge Ron Rivera on a nine-year body of work, not just what happens this year, which is year two under David Tepper's ownership for Ron Rivera and Cam Newton, for that matter. Should Ron Rivera be top three on the NFL hot seat list right now because he is? Washington coach Jay Gruden is number one on that list. Ron Rivera is also top three. Now, remember this. Ron Rivera has gone to the playoffs four times in eight years. Ron Rivera has done far more good than bad through his eight-plus seasons now. Ron Rivera, I think, has a team that you don't have to give up on yet. Jay Gruden has, A, an 0-3 team that has no chance of going anywhere good. Jay Gruden is also... In his case, a year six guy who's never won a playoff game. Five years without a postseason trip. One year, four years ago, where they did make the postseason with a nine and seven record. I mean, Jay Gruden's career at Washington, 35 wins, 47 losses, and a tie. One and only one trip to the playoffs. That, again, was four years ago. Zero postseason victories. Ron Rivera's body of work dwarfs Jay Gruden's body of work, period. And yet Gruden is listed number one, most likely to be the next NFL head coach to leave his post, willingly or unwillingly. Ron Rivera right now is actually top three. Does he deserve to be a hot seat coach here in late September in your eyes? Maybe in December again, we'll see. But he wouldn't be in my top three. 1-800-849-2761. As we go to Greg in Burlington and you, the college football question of the day involves upsets. NC State's an underdog going to Florida State. Duke is an underdog going to Virginia Tech. UVA of UNC, of course, is an underdog in a big way with Clemson coming to town. And UVA, 4-0, heads to Notre Dame as a 12-point underdog. Somebody's going to spring an upset. Wolfpack over Seminoles, Devils over Hokies, Cavs over Irish, Tar Heels over Tigers. I'm pretty sure I still don't have a vote for UNC. 
But the Wolfpack at Florida State, five-point underdog, getting the most votes. Duke, a three-point underdog at Virginia Tech, getting the second most votes. I think many of you see the UVA-Notre Dame matchup as I do. Nothing against the Cavaliers at all. They're probably the second-best team in the ACC. But they're not ready for that team on the road. They're just not good enough offensively, the Cavaliers. In this, to beat the better teams, you need to block well. It can't just be Bryce Perkins, wave your magic wand with your legs and your arm and win. That'll work, actually, for most games in the ACC this year. Notre Dame showed that it is a tough out on that trip to Georgia. I don't think the Cavaliers are capable of that road upset as a double-digit underdog against an Irish team that may still have its warts, but that is one of the 10 best defenses in college football. And a Cavaliers offense that has been a little bit up and down strikes me as a bad fit as the road dog. Duke at Virginia Tech, maybe. State at FSU, maybe. They're getting the most votes. You can chime in with your underdog upset special pick at 1-800-849-2761. Your questions and comments about those NHL or college basketball headlines or the Ron Rivera question also are welcome. Greg, welcome to the David Glenn Show. What's going on? Hey, David. Uh, I just uh, I missed you Monday. I had some connection problems, but glad I'm going to get a chance to speak to you today. Cool. Uh, David Cliff, myself, and your brother-in-law are pretty happy this week with uh, DJ's performance with the Giants. Yeah, no kidding. My <laughs> brother-in-law, Keith, man, he's... <laughs> He loves his New York Giants. He told me about those two Super Bowl wins more times than I care to remember. So, yes, yeah. uh, a lot of Giants fans are energized yeah. again. Well, the reason why I'm calling, I tried to get the best and worst on Monday. I couldn't get through. Uh, my best was, obviously, uh, Daniel Jones, and my worst was Baker Mayfield. Now, you remember what Baker Mayfield meant, talked about David Jones a little bit a while back, right? which I didn't. I didn't particularly he, apo- he apologized, by the way. He, he even reached out to Daniel just to make sure that they were cool. But, yeah, he we did. discussed that. And, and if you were a listener Monday, I think you know that Daniel Jones of the Giants was up there with App State and Kyle Allen and the Panthers. Those were probably the three biggest best of the weekend vote getters. Yeah, the, the, uh, what I was going to talk about real briefly is the last two offensive plays, the last of offensive play of the Giants, and the last offensive play of the Cleveland Browns, the Giants was 11-yard touchdown run by DJ. Yeah. And the last of the Cleveland Browns was Baker Mayfield throwing an interception in the end zone. Mm. So that's, uh, you know, a little bit of crow to be eaten there. I, I think you're right. And I'll tell you what, I mean, you may be biased if you're that big of a Daniel Jones fan or a Giants fan, but it is a fun question to ask. Let's just put aside the legends, right? We would all like Tom Brady leading our team. We would all like a healthy Drew Brees leading our team. Put aside even the old guys for that matter. If you had to pick a young quarterback, now you remember we only have one start for Daniel Jones and the New York Giants, and we only have a relatively limited body of work for young Baker Mayfield who has energized the Cleveland Browns franchise. I know they're not where they want to be this season so far, but the Browns are relevant in a way they haven't been for some time. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. But out of all of those young quarterbacks, if you could pick one, I don't know, pick a number, under 25 years old or whatever number you want to pick, which one's it going to be? Because Buffalo Bills fans are excited about Josh Allen and their 3-0 start. By the way, glancing forward to the weekend, for our purposes, we're jacked up about Panthers at Texans and what Kyle Allen can do for an encore. 3-0 New England at 3-0 Buffalo. 
will be fun because we're used to seeing the Patriots 3-0. and We are not used to seeing the Buffalo Bills relevant in any good way whatsoever. So are you so high on Daniel Jones that if your other options, I mean, the Ravens are excited about Lamar Jackson, right? Uh, I don't know what his age is right now. Is Deshaun Watson still a young quarterback for the Houston Texans? I guess he still is. You know, the Bears are talking about they need a little more out of former UNC star Mitchell Trubisky. Let's just, I guess we have to put Patrick Mahomes to the side as well. He's young, but uh, he's been there, done that. I mean, he's been the MVP. Is Daniel Jones your guy, even if you had, you know, all of those other young choices? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, next man up, as far as the Panthers are concerned, I was very glad to see uh, the Panthers back up do really well this weekend. And uh, one of the other announcers on your radio station mentioned uh, the Panthers ought to think about bringing um, uh, the fellow with, from, with San Francisco, uh, the fellow Jimmy who, Garoppolo, uh, the QB? Uh, talking about uh, the fellow who kneeled down during that. The oh, oh, Eric Reed. Eric no, Reed no, no, and Colin no. Kaepernick? Ka- Kaepernick. One of your other... Uh, Nobody ever forgets his name. That's okay, though. I'm just yeah, kidding. Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, one of your other uh, sportscasters on your station said, why not bring him in? And I, I was just shaking my head. I said, look, give the next man up a chance. And the Panthers did. And it was very successful. Yeah, Kyle Allen, you could not ask for much more. Thank you for the call, Greg in Burlington. You got your wheels turning on young quarterbacks, Darren? I, I you do. Have your pick. To answer your question on Deshaun Watson, he just turned 24, like okay, so a he, week and a half ago. Are we so going to play in this the category. under 25 game? Is that how we're going to put yeah, it? I think so, right? Or, or less than X number of years in the NFL, however you want to define it. I just want to take out sort of the. You know, the, the, the guys who are almost veterans at this point. Yeah. Push, push them aside. You have rookie Kyler Murray with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, you've only seen him for three games, and he does not at all have a good supporting cast. I'll take him in a baseball career over the <laughs> other guys. By the way, <laughs> Kyler, you're not getting a full look at Kyler Murray because of a bad supporting cast with the Cardinals. What is the number one reason that most were wrong about those who were wrong why were they wrong about Daniel Jones? Not because of anything he failed to do at the Combine. Not because he's not tall enough or smart enough or strong enough or tough enough. He, he was not, generally speaking, was not surrounded by a good supporting cast at Duke. And they saw a record they didn't like, right? More losses than wins. Baker Mayfield took that famous shot that he just brought up, the caller, about, you know, how can you pick guy number six overall when he didn't even win more than he lost at the college level? Well, Daniel Jones didn't have great receivers to throw to, for the most part. Didn't have great offensive lines at all. Rarely had a running back taking pressure off of him. It was like everybody was game planning for Daniel Jones when you face Duke. Well, that makes it harder, a lot harder. So it's hard to gauge some of these NFL young quarterbacks because Kyler Murray's getting very little help with Arizona right now. And yet you can see his talent, or at least I can see his talent, right? Who else is the it's, – it's not a Mitch Trubisky. He and Deshaun Watson came out the same year as ACC prospects. Every show in the country that I did asked me, which one would I rather have as a guy who's been covering the ACC for 30-some years, Deshaun Watson or, or Mitch Trubisky? You, you know they save that audio, Darren, just, just to just to <laughs> Just like we you. archive ours. <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, my brain and my, and my everything told me 
I had I was more optimistic about Deshaun Watson than Mitchell Trubisky. Not that he's not going to be a decent NFL quarterback. He is. He's a three-year starter for the Bears already. But the Bears need more from him. He's viewed as like a weaker link as the Bears try to chase a Super Bowl. Deshaun Watson is viewed as one of the strongest links as the Texans are off to a 2 and one start. So maybe they both have nice long careers. I don't know. But my answer now, it's always nice when your answer years later matches the one you gave in the heat of the moment. Yeah, Deshaun Watson. So he would be on my short list as well. Uh, but there's obviously Patrick Mahomes is the, the yeah, answer. We shouldn't even count him, he's to be the, honest. He's the answer. Maybe there's a Minshew mania answer out there for Gardner <laughs> Minshew. I'm not sure. More of your answers to that question. David Cutcliffe in about 10 minutes. Greg McElroy later in third hour. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can join us on the David Glenn Show. Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver <laughs> to be a part of the play. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. You always think of calling that dramatic last-second buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is the David Glenn Show. David Cutcliffe and his Blue Devils get the national TV spotlight Friday night against Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. We will talk football. His winning record Blue Devils, the challenge against the Hokies. His protege, Daniel Jones, and his successful first NFL start for those New York Giants. And when you're playing on Friday night, some people in the high school ranks don't like that. David Cutcliffe on Life Sports and more next. Gary Player joining us. This morning I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment and God bless America. You're listening to The David Glenn Show.